May only truth be offered here this day, and may only truth be received. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We don't often get to hear the words from the book of, uh, of the Lamentations of Jeremiah. In our three-year cycle, I think we hear of it about twice. Uh, so when it pops up, I think it's important that maybe we, we talk a little bit about it to get some understanding of what's going on. But the book of Lamentations, as, as the name suggests, is, is this long, drawn-out lament for the people of Israel. They have fallen on hard times. They have been cast out of the holy city. And in fact, the holy city is a ruin destroyed by their mortal enemies, the Babylonians. The book of Lamentations is is a remarkable piece of writing, which loses a lot of its power when we do something as horrific as translated into English. In the original ancient Hebrew, and you all know ancient Hebrew, I'm sure, right? Excellent. Then you'll get this. Um, But in the original ancient Hebrew, this book of five poems blossoms into something remarkable. Now, I won't get into all the details because I know you all want to have lunch today. Uh, But there, just for instance, just for this one instance... Uh, the first, second, and, th- and fourth chapters of this book of poems have 22 verses. Now, we lose why that's important. Uh, but to the ancient Hebrews, this was important because there were 22 letters in the Hebrew language. And each verse of those three, ver- uh, each, uh, verse of those three chapters starts with the corresponding letter. uh, So verse 1's first word starts with the letter Aleph. The second verse starts with the letter Bet, and so on. The third chapter has 66 verses, and it repeats this pattern three times. And the fifth chapter is again 22 verses long, but the alphabetic pattern doesn't repeat there. Like I said, we could be here for a while just looking at the structure of this particular book, but you haven't come here for a lesson in ancient Hebrew. You've come to worship. You've come to this place to hear about the good news of God. And yet, what have we been presented with in our scripture today? We've been presented with lament, affliction, weeping, bitterness, destruction, oh, and that wonderful part at the end of the psalm that had us bashing the skulls of babies into rocks. Wow, what great good news. I mean, no wonder the apostles look at the Lord and say, increase our faith. The people of Israel have been thrown down from their place of supremacy. They are sent into exile because the leaders of the day overstepped their authority. Basically, they picked on someone much bigger than themselves. And guess what? They got what they deserved. The vast majority of the people of Israel in those days had no quarrel with the Babylonians. And all they really wanted was to live in peace 
raise their families, worship their God. But the choices of a powerful few sent them away from their homes and their country. The choices of a powerful few made them refugees. Now, this world is filled with people whose lives have been uprooted and destroyed because they have been forced to become refugees. The vast majority of displaced people have no desire to leave their homes, to leave their country, to leave the place that they know so well. But because they are afraid for their safety, for the safety of their families, they make the most difficult decisions. And they uproot and they leave. Now, Canadians have never really had to endure such things. We live in a part of the world that has been relatively stable and free of war. Yes, we have violence and crime and all that other stuff that comes with being human. But we've never really had to uproot our families and move out of fear. So to put it in terms that maybe may make a little more sense. In their wisdom, let's just dream. It's not a good dream, it's a bad dream, but let's just dream for a moment. In their wisdom, the leaders of Canada, whoever they will be after the 21st of October, make a decision to invade the United States. They send their troops into the heart of that military power. Well, the leaders of the United States decide, guess what, that's not gonna work. They decide to defend themselves, and because they have a much larger military, they come to Ottawa, and everything they have, with everything that they have, and they destroy the Houses of Parliament, and they demand that all the people of this nation must disperse into the world. And also, if we're going to make the the connection completely, the buildings that are destroyed are not only the places where our laws are created, but it is also the place where we believe God lives. And so that place has been destroyed. Each of us must then take all that we possess, all that we can pack into our cars, and leave the places that we call home and move to a faraway land. Some of us have been taken prisoner and are being forced to do hard labor building roads and monuments. Our security has been taken from us. Our God seemingly has been overthrown. We are refugees living in exile. We are left to weep bitterly in the night with tears on our cheeks, with no one to comfort us. This is the life that many people in this world must endure right now. For them, all is lost, and they have left their place of safety. And all they have left to do is to cry out to the Lord, increase our faith. Now, many of us, when we are faced with adversity, fall into the trap of wanting something more to help us live through what we are enduring. The apostles wanted more faith. The author of Lamentations wants the holy city returned to its glory. The psalmist wants to sing holy songs in freedom. And indeed, we here in this place are going through a time of bitterness as well. We who are the faithful are bemoaning 
our empty churches and our inability to reach others. And we cry to God, increase our faith. And what we really mean, though, is, dear God, fill up our churches and bring more people here. However, Jesus is teaching us a different message today, a message that we all need to really grasp. Because what Jesus is teaching us today has at the heart of it the good news of God and the coming of the kingdom. Jesus wants us to focus on what we have, not on what we don't have. So often when people are enduring hardship, they overlook what they actually have because they want more. Today, the sound of the good news is this. If you had the faith of the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Meaning, stop looking for what you don't have. Focus what faith you do have. And out of that little tiny faith can come God's great big love. The people of Israel learned through their struggles and through their time in exile that God indeed could be found wherever they were. That God did not live in a temple, but lived among the people, weeping alongside of them as they live in a foreign land. They stopped focusing on what they thought they had lost, which was their God. And they found something much deeper, a loving God who is not far off, locked up in a box in a temple, but a loving God who is with them in all things. For us, when we see the huge problems of this world, like refugees and war and violence and poverty and hunger and all the rest that we do to each other, rather than wanting more faith or more people or more or more or more, for that is the way of the world, we are called to focus our attention on what we have and what we are capable of doing. So look at your little tiny faith, no matter how small you think it is. Maybe it's the size of a mustard seed. Maybe it's the size of an acorn. Or maybe it's the size of a watermelon. All that matters is what you do with that faith. For out of our little tiny faith comes God's great big love. For out of this little acorn can grow an amazing tree. Just remember what happens to that mustard seed. Just remember what happens to this acorn. This is something that can sustain us in this life as we endure all the troubles within us, as, as, as we live in this world. Now, as we approach the festival of Harvest Thanksgiving next week, let us do so keeping in mind that we can change the world. But it means we will have to let go of the need for more and take up our little tiny faith living lives, as St. Paul says today, that are not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. 
My friends, the words from Lamentations, from St. Paul and from Jesus himself, ring through the centuries and touch us today. And they tell us the good news. The good news is, to, is this. Hold to the sta standard of sound teaching that you have heard in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. And let our little tiny faith take root so that out of us can grow God's great big love. Amen. Amen.